Is it cliche to pick my mother as my inspirational woman for International Women's Day? So be it. Clichés are clichés for a reason. Last week, I tweeted about something that Mam had done, as I often do. She drove from Cork to Dublin to drop up the new tax disc for my car while I was in work. She also brought with her several home-cooked dinners, a dozen eggs and a jug of pancake mix for my dad. On Pancake Tuesday, you must admire the efficiency. Sure, I'm looking forward to the day out, she insisted on the phone. People look at me wide-eyed when I give examples of the times she's gone to such lengths, the things that I've admittedly taken for granted until now. I've never seen someone look as proud as she did when I announced to my nan that not only had I written a book about fairies at nine years old, but I'd also written an accompanying single for when it eventually got adapted for the screen, naturally. At 10 years old, having openly wept in the opticians upon learning that I had to get glasses, Mam bought a book from some guy who seemingly retrained his eyes to see again. I didn't read it and I still feel guilty to this day. Not that she's ever brought it up since. She'll watch every television slot I do, despite not always understanding the context of my discussions. See Love Island, etc. I'll sit in my car and wait for the inevitable text after. Good on you, mighty. Your uncle was watching as well. Delire with you. Buzz any time when free. Take it easy. Sometimes I'll call from the car park. Sometimes I'll wait until I'm back home in my drive. Sometimes I think it's psychotic how often I call her. Most of the time, I feel like calling her back immediately after hanging up. I look back on my earliest memory of her, of her being my mother. It's like I'm looking behind the curtain at an intensely private moment between strangers. The house is quiet. Everyone else is elsewhere. We're at the table in the kitchen, pre-getting it done up as I remember it now. We're scheming about something, or at least that's how it felt to me at the time. An intensely intimate conversation over chocolate coins. Never has there been such glee over edible currency, the epitome of a treat. A year or so later, on a Sunday evening pre-bath time, I remember asking her about what happens when we die. I feel like Scrappy Challenge was on the telly in the background. She put me on her lap. I wish I was still small enough for her to do this and pointed out the window. What do you see? She asked. Clouds. What will you see tomorrow? More clouds. And the day after that? More clouds. I'm more conscious than ever of time's relentless march. I try to get home as often as I can to steal moments with her in the car, talking about politics and what my friends are doing. I find I miss her more now than I ever did in college or earlier, despite the societal view that I might need her less now as a grown-up. I don't think I'll ever stop needing her or the fruit she amply stocks for my return visits. I love her. I love that she tolerates me WhatsApping her pictures of dishwasher detergent despite my big age. I love that she sends me cat memes. I love that she loves me despite it all. I hope this piece makes up for not dedicating my fairy book to her.